1: Hey everybody. Welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Outside on a Wednesday night, it's the practice report. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. A couple days away from the Buckeyes getting back in that building over there, the horseshoe uh, against Tulsa. Looking to rebound from that loss to Oregon. A lot of talk about hunger and resolve and much better practices and energy this week. Uh, obviously, that's one thing to say. It's a good thing for Ohio State to say, but they're going to have to show that for the next several weeks uh, to get back to where they want to be in the national title race. That's Spencer Holbrook tim may jeremy birmingham i am austin Ward. all right well here we go yeah um, <laughs> i mean the thing <laughs> is Jill- the, the
2: simple the simple reality is uh, of course that's what they have to say that doesn't mean it's not true it doesn't mean it's also not a bit exaggerated uh this is a, a building full of some angry people right now and i thought that the four guys we got to talk to on only four guys one of them the punter mayan williams um you know, garrett wilson. wilson and nick Petit fair those guys i think did a stand-up job of, of taking the hard questions and doing their best to focus on the positives. But until we see Ohio State's defense on the field against a quality opponent, getting key stops regularly, I don't think any of the questions that people have after Saturday are going to go away. So every week we're going to have these same questions.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, nothing's going to change. And and we really didn't find out. I think things are changing. No, I'm saying as far as what what Berm just said, with, you know, things will change, but we won't know if things change for a few weeks. I, I don't believe, but, these guys weren't going to give us anything. They didn't really say anything, you know. The, the defense, they come in and prepare every day. They work hard. It's a really good defense. They just need to get a few things figured out. They're always going to give those those answers because they need to. But I think these guys are, like you said, mad, angry. But I also think they're pretty confident. Like th- This does not seem like a, a bunch that's not very confident right now. I think they know that they didn't play up to the way they can. And, you know, you saw some laughs, some smiles coming off the practice field. That's exactly what this roster needs right now. They don't need to have their head hung down in the dirt, because if you do that, you could drop another one, you could turn one loss into two. And I'm not saying they would lose the Tulsa, but if you let the Oregon loss compound into weeks at a time, it's just gonna wear out and you're gonna end up dropping another one, so I think the best thing for this team right now is to to do exactly what we just saw in the building a few few minutes ago.
3: Yeah, we got some good hints, though, that things have changed on the defensive side a little bit, including Garrett Wilson talking about some of the different things they were doing, but he did not elaborate. Uh, He was born at night, but not last night. So definitely, things are changing on the defensive side of the ball in some respects. How much of it's nuance and how much of it is just straight up scheme, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, even who's going to be calling the defense on Saturday, you know, that remains to be seen. Perhaps Ryan Day will tell us. Perhaps he won't. Uh, I have not seen anybody picking out houses in Upper Arlington in terms of a new coach coming to town, uh, oh, etc. No, I have not. Maybe you did. You were over no, there. I, I did. You I, do I live near there. I saw been in the streets of Upper Arlington, but. I digress. <laughs> Bottom line is, ask Nickel, you know, petite fruit, and I was being, I wouldn't being coy about this. I mean, we heard from the offensive guys all through preseason camp how good the defense was looking. We even heard from Ryan Day how good the defense was looking, and uh, the defense has not looked good the first two games, uh, and uh, it just looks like a bunch of young guys kind of running around maybe not knowing what they're up to, maybe the scheme may be a little bad, but you know, the more experience these guys get, you get get the idea, the better they're going to be, especially now that they've had that little baptism. But the thing you also heard from Nicholas Petit Nick Frears, everybody is more uh, zeroed in on details in practice this week, because of course, a loss like that opens everybody's eyes to, hey, it's a real world out there.
1: If we have fun on the practice report, which is brought to you by Buyers Auto, but I. You were joking about the coaches looking at houses. We want to make that clear when Ohio State is looking for solutions. Of course I was joking. I know you are, but I just wanted to be clear. This is uh, LettermanRoe.com. Through two weeks, this is not going to be a punt on the season situation for Ohio State, which looking for outside assistance and having to reshuffle the coaching staff with new bodies, yep. that would be an admission that re- this year is over, that recruiting is over. That's that's not in the cards here. Now. We talked about this after Ryan Day's press conference yesterday. There are options where you can reshuffle responsibilities, and I would, I would bet a decent amount of money that that does happen. Um, just for the sake of observation, the last two coaches who walked off the practice field about 30 minutes ago were Matt Barnes and Ryan Day. I don't say that just to run wild with the speculation, but if you're looking for a different way that Ohio State is handling the structure, handling the distribution, the yeah. communication of calls, yeah, that is one way to do it.
2: You know, I was thinking about this as we talk about the, the reports about how good the defense was in the summer and in the fall camp. Think about how many times that defense had played against this offense in the of last course, year and yeah. a half. I mean, they had, what, 180-some practices in the last year because of COVID. They, they've seen each other. That defense knows everything about this Ohio State offense. And Ryan Day on Tuesday in his press conference brought up the, the offensive line for the first time really has seen a different look and – Football is still a game of week-to-week adjustments, and I, I just don't feel like Ohio State needs to be even considering throwing the baby out with the bathwater at this point, point. and I, you have coaches you trust. Ryan Day is the head coach at Ohio State for a reason, and I think you have to give him a chance to fix it with what he's got here, and I know that there will be people saying, oh, they had last year, you had that, but last year doesn't count for a lot of reasons, and, and Ryan Day has acknowledged it. The, the, the Alabama game was an anomaly in his mind. The entire season was an anomaly. Right. And now you have hard evidence that things are j- just not working and you're gonna see them tinker and try to fix things. And I don't know if that's with personnel. I don't know if that's with the coaching se- situation. Like you said, I-, I-, I agree. I think Matt Barnes will call plays on Saturday and give Kerry Combs a chance to be what he does best, which is be that voice of reason on the sideline and the guy that's, you know, the energy. Um, maybe that changes throughout the week too. I don't know, but I-, it t- I don't think it matters because none of those big wholesale changes are coming until at least January if they come at all.
1: Yet, we'll look at it. Probably. It's a 10 game sample and I understand, I understand the frustration from the people inside the building, the fans outside the building. I understand all of that. It is still such a small window. And maybe the people that say a change has to come or will come will be right. Yeah. But now is not the time that that happens. And we've seen simple adjustments in the past Think about the last time an Ohio State unit really struggled, and they're like, "Well, let's let's change some of the responsibilities. So let's get more involved in play calling." Sometimes it is as simple as moving somebody upstairs, and then beating Michigan the next week with an offensive play caller being in a different situation. Sometimes that's right. I mean, there is all, there is proof of that happening in the past. Sometimes
0: that's all it takes. I, I don't and and sometimes it's adding a different, putting a different player on the field. Like well, look at the Ohio that. State defense in 2018. Brendan White played really well and helped this Ohio State defense. In different points where they looked better when he was on the field. And so now you have to go back to the drawing board. Like you said, there's going to be different shuffles around with coaching and figuring all that out. But also, just, you know, you might find a guy of the 26 that played defense on Saturday, one of these guys, you might put him on the field and it might just start to look a little different. Like it did in 2012 with Zach Boren or Ben White. Exactly. But
3: But, you know, putting a different player on the field, that's what we talked about on my podcast, they've been putting too many different players
0: on the <laughs> Absolutely. field. Absolutely. In well, my
3: think, opinion, Marlon yeah. Turner had a great point. You go, Just when you're get, getting out there and you've got a feel for what that receiver is going to do, how he's going to play you, so to speak, you're suddenly standing on the sideline and there's another guy in there. I just think there, there was a real failing from right now, there was a real failing coming out of camp not having what you would call that solid back seven that was going to be at least going into the first few games, playing the first several if not four or five uh, series just to see what you got. You know what I mean? I think there was a big failing there and I think they paid the price for it this past week. Cause like we just said, I wanted to blurt uh, when Ryan talked about the offense going against, you know, the same defense all day. It was the same thing with the defense going against the same offense yeah. in preseason. All of a sudden, man, when you've thrown a few wrinkles at this defense, many times it has failed. It has failed to line up right. It has failed to like react to what it's seeing, And it is, is is. And many times it's been a catastrophe, like one receiver blocking three guys on one play. I mean, that's just a great example of people not recognizing what's going on and being bamboozled. That's my word of the week. And uh, it's and, and Tulsa, yeah, nobody's picking Tulsa. Tulsa is a multiple offense. They're going to line up in all kinds of different ways. And sometimes they look like a flower blooming when they come off the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they've got five wides and a quarterback. You know, I mean, it's a different. They're going to. They're gonna see what's on video, what gave these guys problems, has Ohio State fixed it?
1: Well part of it is Spencer's talking about about putting somebody on the field and you bring up Brendan White. I mean, yeah. Somebody is going to have to go into the secondary on a permanent basis with Josh Proctor out for the year. So, I mean, Bryson Shaw's got a small sample size here. Marcus Hooker was allowed to return to this team for a reason. He's he's really the most experienced safety now that Ohio State has. Yeah. A lot of this, you know, if if Court Williams is healthy where does he slot in? Does Lathan and Ransom go back to the field safety or, or start pointing that, even though Ohio State's invested a ton in him in the cover safety look? But some of these pieces are, are all waiting, really, on seven banks to become the player that Ohio State saw a year ago and expected him to be. That, frankly, has not happened on the practice field to this point. And he's, basically trying to yeah, rebuild I mean, his career and re-earn a spot.
2: That's the question of the season so far for most fans, I think, is where the heck is Seven Banks? And quite simply, the answer is he hasn't earned the, the right to play. And whatever that means to you, if that means he's in the doghouse, if it means that he's, you know, how can he be worse than the guys they're putting out there, I don't know. It's not our job to know that. It's not our job to play him. So the the reaction that we've seen is pretty clear, and that's that he's not been doing what it takes to be a part of the team on game day as far as playing. And, you know, kudos to seven both times the last two weeks he's been out there. He's been ready to go. He's been lead. you know, he's been pulling guys aside on the huddle. Being on the field, I get to see some of that stuff. He's active out there. He's been aggressive and talking to other kids. But, you know, we're talking about how many guys you play, how many guys you play. Sometimes it's just about not playing guys who don't deserve it. And yeah. and he's, you know, let's be, let's call a spade a spade. He's probably not the only guy that's been out there that hasn't deserved it because we've watched guys that are playing that have played pretty poorly. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, to Tim's point, I mean, it's been a, it's been a failure on multiple levels. But, I, again, I think you just don't throw out everything in Week 3. Former
3: Buckeyes across the nation, and even, of course, fans, but former Buckeyes were embarrassed by what they saw on Saturday from a defensive standpoint. Yep. And that uh, analogy that they look like a high school team sometimes reacting to things, not a good high school team. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, it really – well, if you They're, saw, that, if you saw real, that team on your high school yeah, schedule, you'd be pretty terrified. It, well, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about the, the video. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And by the way, Oregon no longer looks like a high school. Team. They I, I just think uh, they, they need energy. They
2: need energy on this defense. Yeah, they need that's...
3: energy. But but past that, if a guy goes in, you know, there's all these things where they just screwed up or didn't react to plays. You know, forget about the energy part. It's like, you know, it's just it, it's mind-numbing, some of the mistakes you saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, from this level, of player and so this level of coaching staff, it's mind-dumbing in the second game of the year, you saw some of those mental mistakes. And mental mistakes kill you. And uh, that's what the Nicholas Petit-Ferrer was talking about, about yep. the little details, you know, that even the offense has got to get done so they can score 56 a game and ensure that what happens Saturday doesn't happen again.
0: When we talk to well, – was a good
3: line.
2: What is the number that they like have Alabama to score every week? last year. What's the number Spence, that Ohio State's offense has to score every week for this defense to be taken out of the equation?
0: Um, Probably 35. But and that's, that's wouldn't have been good enough last week no and no. that's that's no, the problem 56. but yeah. m- against most opponents I think it's probably 36 th- think it's probably 35 <laughs>
2: hey, 56 keeps you clear man
0: but you know <laughs> the look thing- at
3: Alabama last year against Ole old miss yeah. I mean you know that, the, and that team went on to win the national championship
0: the thing that keeps coming you back to me this. the thing that keeps coming back to me is <laughs> we talked to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Brian Hartline about the wide receivers and they were so good that it was hard to find things for them to get better at and so then you just focus on the little tiny like missteps that they have in their routes, the little tiny things as far as arm movement when they come off the ball, like all those little tiny things that they did to get better. And you see them get better at those. This defense had to make so many changes from being just bad last year against the pass. And you see the secondary start to get better against the pass, but it's like they had to do all the big things and they didn't have a chance to do all the little things. And you see that in the, the run game too. They, they did a bunch of big things in the offseason to help the defense. They didn't have the chance, because they were fixing the big things, to try the little things. And then when the crack and replace with the linebackers running into each other, those are actually, those aren't big things, those are little things that you have to do correctly, and they just didn't have the chance to do that, and I think that's part of the problem. If you see this defense start to focus on those little things, I think you'll see some market improvement.
3: Yeah, I don't know if that's a little thing when you leave the whole left flank wide open. I don't know if it's a little thing, and I'm not knocking you, I know exactly what you're talking about. When you leave the middle of the field with the only guy standing there being the umpire, I mean, I, that's a. Those are major gaffes, you know, and uh, and they've, you know, you don't mind going down as long as you're swinging. But right. it, when you go down without even swinging, that's the worst. That's why Ryan Day. We've never seen Ryan Day this way, and we've never seen him lose a regular season game. But the intensity that man showed just in a press conference the other day, uh, that's that's a first for us. And uh, I, yeah. it, it's going to be interesting. He may be the first head coach to call both the offensive and defensive plays. What do you think? I,
2: I think that. We that was as, a joke. I think Ohio State <laughs> Some people don't get jokes. I think the Ohio State fan base is under this impression that because Urban Meyer was here and Urban Meyer is such a fiery psycho type competitor. <laughs> and and Ryan Day does come across that's I understood. And wow, Ryan, that was like Ryan Day does come seat. across a lot of times as like, you know, Mr. Personality. That guy hates oh, losing. Okay. Like it I, I, I'm sure Saturday is still eating at him and it's gonna eat at him until it gets fixed. And that's the entire point here. There's a lot of things that have to be fixed on this defense and it's not all gonna happen on Saturday. The Buckeyes are gonna win on Saturday, they're gonna score a lot of points, they're probably gonna give up twenty four or thirty points again, and they're gonna keep working to get better. But I think you're gonna see young guys get a chance to play like Jack Sawyer and JT Tumaloau. I think at this point you just gotta tell, you know, John John Cooper always said it, if they're gonna bite, they're gonna bite the pup. Yeah. It's time to let these kids go out and see if they can bite or not, because the kids that have been playing have not been.
1: The answer, I think, to your question, Burn, that you asked, like this defense doesn't have to be the 2002 silver bullets. Yeah. No.
2: Nobody gives up seven and points a game not, anymore.
1: I don't think there exactly. will be another game this year that Ohio State scores less than 38 points. So what you're talking about, and really I was going to say 40, but I'm going to give maybe Michigan credit for being improved defensively and then the weather being bad. Like Even the really good teams that Ohio State is going to play will not be able to shut down this offense. Ohio State stopped itself against Oregon. I'm not trying to knock. They played very hard. I get all that. The red zone, the three plays, that you know, the fourth downs. Yeah. Ohio State should have scored with 600 yards of offense a minimum of 42 points, and I think that will happen every week. So what you're talking about from the defense should have been good enough to win, and that's not excusing the effort on right. Saturday. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But the amount that they have to improve is not as significant as you think that they have to go be the number one total defense in the country because they don't have to be. Exactly.
3: That's what I've been saying all along. Alabama was not last year, but Alabama got good enough to stop teams in critical situations, et cetera. And the funny thing about it is we've talked about this this week already. The defense, as bad as it was on Saturday, had a couple stops in the fourth quarter that yeah. could have brought things yeah. back, You know, could have brought things right. And then the offense uh, couldn't get it done. So yeah, there's blame to go around, but but the offense, if the offense has to be perfect, which yeah. it's a 56, what I was doing yeah. out there, because I just like team to score points that's a big tall order but 38 is not a tall order 45 is definitely not a tall order not for this team. for what we've seen and you know and he's this idea that yeah CJ Stroud didn't play his best game that he's going to play at Ohio State on Saturday he still played a damn good game this idea that oh my goodness I just
1: don't get don't you did this yesterday don't get worked right. up about it I just get nauseated Spencer, I,
3: I get you. nauseated though when people think that's a, <laughs> a, a a problem
0: I think the last thing that I'll say is you know if if you told me if you told me the exact script of what happened Saturday and said Ohio State and Oregon play again tomorrow I would still have Ohio State scoring 42 to 52 points like that's not going to change and so so like you said this defense doesn't have to get them doesn't that much better it it needs to get a lot better if they're going to win a national championship but to get back to the college football playoff and then roll the dice once you get there this defense needs to hold guys to hold teams to about 31 35 points because the offense you know, I heard a saying in the offseason, this team gets off the bus and scores 40. They should have scored 40 in, in Saturday's game. Yeah. I think they're going to the rest of the season. They don't have to get that much better.
3: But what's gnawing at Ryan Day right now, I'm telling you, he's told us, was the, were the mistakes that this defense made. The, the, just, it's just laughable sometimes, yeah. and nobody, no head coach. Especially at Ohio State, wants anything to be laughable about his football
2: team, and I think that, and
3: that's what that's what's bugging him. Yeah. And I think it's a teaching thing as much as it was anything else.
2: And I think you can actually live with some of those mistakes if they happen out of aggression. Exactly. But these are mistakes that are happening by defense that's not doing anything aggressive. This is just I'm on my heels and you're running it straight at happening. me. If you're yeah. if you are being ultra aggressive and you get burnt for a big play, you can live with that. When you're when your entire defensive mindset is bend, don't break, bend, don't break, and then you're still getting broken. And not just getting broken over the course of a 99-yard drive, but 78-yard gash plays, that's a major problem. Because you're not only losing the, the battle at the line of scrimmage, you're losing the battle 80 yards down the field. Exactly. And that you just can't do both. you got to pick one or the other.
1: We're, we're going to lose uh, daylight out here. We could probably keep talking about this team for another several hours, but we're going to stop the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Right now, a couple more days to go as Ohio State looks at all those options to get things corrected. Start building some momentum maybe on Saturday against Tulsa. We'll see. We're going to have full coverage of that, as always, at LettermanRow.com. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We'll see you again at LettermanRow.com. Don't forget, you can subscribe right now to the On 3 part of Letterman Monroe for $10 for an entire year. It's for, an incredible deal. Three cents
2: a day to support all this work.
1: That's where Berm lives. That's where the Tim May podcast lives. That's where Spencer Holbrook's work lives. And I just am along for the ride. but. This has been the Practice Report. It's brought to you by Buyer's Auto. You can find that on YouTube and Road.com.